That's okay. We're all the same. And you're welcome here. And when we're in the presence of Jesus, uh, that's all that matters. We are all children of God, and, and you are welcome here. Um, there's a couple of things we want you to know um, as Lutheran Church of Hope that are really central to what we believe. And the first one is that Jesus is life. Here at Hope, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's Jesus, and that he has a life uh, to offer us this morning. And that's why Easter brings the joy that it does today is because it celebrates Jesus' resurrection from the dead. That's why we're so excited. That's why you probably got a new outfit for today, maybe. That's why you're singing. That's why you're clapping. That's why you're here this morning. That's why that donut tastes extra good this morning, because Jesus is alive. And so Jesus is life. And the second thing we want you to know this morning is that because Jesus is central, we believe that we're called as his followers to, to share that resurrection joy with others. Our mission here at Hope is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. So if you kind of came in this morning and you're wondering, I'm not sure why I'm here. Who are these guys? What are they doing? That's why we're here. That's our mission because knowing Jesus is the greatest thing in the world we believe and we want to share in that resurrection joy together. And so if you've been around City Branch for long, you'll know that we believe that we're here in the city specifically as this satellite of Lutheran Church of Hope to reach out to the city in very practical ways and to share the resurrection with others. others. It's not just for us here this morning. And so we encourage you to, to join us in that. If you don't know much about City Branch and what we're doing, please stop by the Welcome Center. There's lots of information in your bulletin. We love to serve. We love to bless the city. We love to love people simply because that's what God wants us to do. The reason I say that there's resurrection in the air today is not because there's a huge cloud of smoke and we can bag it up and take it home with us, but also because it has a lot to do with who's sitting next to you today. There's resurrection in the air because there's new life happening and there's new life that's available to every single one of you today. For those of you that have been around hope and maybe you've encountered Jesus or, or maybe you just have and, and you, you came and saw, or maybe you're here today and you're not really sure what it's all about. There's new life that's available for you today. That's why resurrection is in the air, because Jesus is here. And sometimes it's easier, instead of telling you about the resurrection, it's easier to see it. There's people sitting next to you today that don't have it all together. In fact, all of us don't. Just so we're all on the same page, there's people sitting next to you here today whose marriages are not perfect. But you're working at it. And you're getting back together. There's people here today that have finally found a job. And there's some that have found peace in the midst of still looking for one. There's people here today that, that are in the process of being healed from their past. There's people here today that are, are being healed from addictions and things that have gone on in your past that you're trying to get rid of. There's resurrection in the air because we're people that are being made new today. No matter who you are or what's going on in your life, this morning, it's Easter for all of us. It's Easter for you. You're sitting next to Easter people this morning. A bunch of imperfect people that are in process of being made new. And so if we can just be honest today and just get that out of the way at first. If you, if you could, turn to the people on either side of you and say it like you mean it. And I want you to say this. Just a reminder, you're not perfect. Perfect. 
I'm sorry, I hate to burst your bubble, but that's just the way it is, okay? That's the way it is here at Hope. We need to get out that out of the way at first, so now we can dive in, now that we're all on the same page. So if you could, if you're not already there, turn with me in those Bibles that you have, and if you're around somebody that has one, I know we may not have enough, so if you could share, if you're by somebody that has one, uh, please lean over to them. If you have one, pass it down, share it. We want everybody to be able to open those up. Today we're going to look at John chapter 20 that was just read for us this morning, and that's going to be in the back half of your Bible. It's on page 828, if you have a Bible that was underneath the seats. Page 828, it's towards the back of your Bible. The Gospel of John is a gospel, and gospel means good news. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels, and they are written by people that were witnesses to what we're going to talk about today. John chapter 20, verse 11. In our story today, we find a woman named Mary crying outside the tomb of Jesus because the body has been found missing. Not only has her good friend Jesus died and been buried in a tomb, but now his body is gone and the cops are after him. (laughs) And she's given up hope. It's gone. Nobody knows what to do. And as she's leaving, if you look at verse 15, she's there, she's crying, and if you skip ahead to verse 15, the little number in the passage, verse 15, she sees someone who asks her, woman, why are you crying? What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Now, of course, we know that Mary is looking for Jesus. Why else would she be there? But I want to start today by just stopping there. Before we go any further... That's a very, very important verse that we just read. I want to stop at that question that was asked to Mary. Who are you looking for? Or as I'd like to phrase it for you this morning, what are you looking for? What did you come looking for here today? We're all here today, I'm sure, for many different reasons. Looking for many different things. For some of you, it's so you can practice this tradition. It's tradition. We we go to church on Easter. That's what we do. For some of you, it's it's um, it's just a good religious thing to do. You feel good about yourself because you're here. Maybe for some of you, it's 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 the proper way to start a holiday by coming to church. That's just what you should do. Or maybe you're looking for a little inspiration for your life this morning. Maybe you came for the food that we're going to have later. Maybe you came for the bacon. You can just be honest. Maybe you did. Maybe it's time to see friends and family. Maybe that's what you're looking forward to most today. I know when I was younger, I felt like the reason that we came as a family is so that my mom could dress up my brother and I in our new khakis and our polos. Actually, not even polos, dress shirts. The one time a year that I had to wear a dress shirt. And they made us wear ties. And they were so tight and choking, I felt like I could hardly breathe. And after that time of growing up, I said, I vowed I would never wear a tie to church again. No matter why you're here today, I want to ask you that same question that was asked to Mary in the garden. Who are you looking for? What are you looking for? Mary is standing there at the empty tomb on Easter morning looking for hope, wondering why Jesus had to die and now why Jesus is gone. What did you come looking for here today? What did you hope to find? 
Whatever that is for you today, I don't want to talk to you so much about a religion today. I don't want to talk to you so much about a holiday today. I want to tell you a comeback story. And I pray that you would open your hearts and that you would come and that you would listen. I want you to just close your eyes for one second. And I want you to imagine with me the first Easter morning in the garden. I want you to imagine walking into the garden with Mary, her face soaked from her tears. It's early, so you can feel the dew on your feet. And you can feel a cool breeze across your face. You can go ahead and open your eyes. I don't want anybody to fall asleep. We're going to find Jesus here in a second. Now, you've heard about this one named Jesus of Nazareth. You're coming to the tomb this morning because you heard this is a pretty big deal. You've heard about this Jesus. Came on the scene a few years back into Nazareth. Claimed to be the Son of God. The one we'd all been waiting for. He claimed to be God, but you know he was definitely a man because you'd seen him walking the dusty roads with his disciples. In fact, he didn't even have a home. The word on the street was that this Jesus could heal the sick, cause the blind to see, even forgive sins. They say that he even brought a dead man to life. Started to make the, the Pharisees mad, those religious leaders of the day. He started to make him angry because he started to hang out with the poor. He started to hang out with the sinners, with the outcasts, and he loved them. And he spent most of his time, he was seen with the twelve, which were called his disciples, his closest friends. But then one of his closest friends named Judas betrayed him. Had him handed over to the Pharisees because he claimed to be the way and the truth and the life. This Jesus claimed to be the one and only way to God. And so he was handed over. And only three days later, he was nailed to a cross next to thieves. Convicted felons. This Jesus, who many believed to be innocent, was crucified. And he most certainly died. His followers said it was because of love. Something about there being no greater love than to lay down your life for another. This is what brings you to the tomb this morning. As you walk across the dewy grass towards the opening, and suddenly you get there and realize the stone has been rolled away. This giant, massive, huge stone that was covering the entrance to this tomb that no one would ever go in again was gone. And you come and you look and you stand there with Mary as she's crying and all of a sudden she stops to cry just for one moment because you realize he's not there. Jesus is gone. The stone has been rolled aside and you see two angels sitting there where Jesus was. And they say, why are you crying? And Mary responds, because they've taken away my Lord. And so she's leaving. She's given up hope. And as she's leaving, a strange figure asks her the question that I posed to you this morning. Who are you looking for? Now, pause right there. 
Mary actually thinks it's the gardener, which I find rather humorous about this Bible passage. The Bible's kind of funny if you let it be a little bit humorous. She thinks it's the gardener. I guess Jesus looks like a gardener. I don't know. Maybe they have beards and long hair. I don't know. But the poor gardener, she thinks it's the gardener, is probably there working the early shift on the weekend. You know, it's kind of a bummer. She thinks it's him. She says, why are you crying? Because they've taken my Lord away. And this man turns to her, this man who's Jesus, turns to her and says, Mary. Mary. To which she turns and she looks in the face of Jesus and she yells out, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary, he calls her, and suddenly she realizes and her eyes are open and she's found what she's looking for. In the midst of the busyness of Easter, in the midst of this great story, Jesus simply says her name. He says, Mary. And sometimes I wonder if it would have been me. Sometimes I wonder if it would have been me. They are standing at the tomb, crying, wondering where Jesus had gone. And Jesus with his eyes of tenderness and compassion, turns and he looks me in the eyes and he says, Jonathan, what if he said your name? What would that have been like? Jesus is here today and he says, who are you looking for? And he looks you in the eyes and he says your name because he knows you. Because he created you. And when he looks you in the eyes this morning, he sees to the deepest parts of who you are. And he calls you by name because he's alive. Because he is risen. And so what if this story were far more relevant, far more personal than you had thought? If you can remember with me, only a short time before, Jesus had said to the same Mary, the same Mary that just a few chapters in your Bible before this, stood at the tomb of her brother Lazarus, who was dead as a doornail, for four days. The same Mary that was crying, Jesus looked at her and said, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Could it be true? Could it be true? And maybe Mary standing there that Easter morning looking at the resurrected Jesus who only a few weeks before had said, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah, you are. You really are. It's really you. Could it be true for us today as it was for Mary that death is not the final answer in our lives because of Jesus' death and resurrection? Our sin, our doubt, our shame, our pain, and our darkness is not the end of the story. Could it be this morning that Jesus is who he says he is? You see, Mary had lost hope. Mary was on her way to leave. Mary thought the story was over. Maybe all this talk about the resurrection was just a nice idea. Where have you given up hope this morning? Where do you need a little hope? Where have you settled for the fact in your life that maybe this is just the way things are and I have to deal with it? Are there there places today, this morning, in your family, in your relationships, in your job, maybe even in your faith, 
where you've just given up and said, you know what? I've given up hope. There's too much for me to overcome. A few years back, a movie came out called The Pursuit of Happiness, which is based on a true story about a man named Christopher Gardner. With a broken marriage, a failing job, and no real hope to offer his son even an education, let alone a place to live, he decided to give hope one last chance. And he applied in an internship program to be a broker. Chris works night and day in this internship program at the hopes of landing a job and being able to provide for his son. Finally, finally, after many dark nights filled with tears living on the street, Chris is called into the office in the high-rise corporate building of his superiors. And he's offered hope. One last shot at hope. Let's take a look. I thought I'd uh, wear a shirt today, um, you know, being the last day and all. Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. But um, wear one tomorrow, though, okay? Because tomorrow's going to be your first day. If you'd like to work here as a broker. Would you like that, Chris? Yes, sir. Good. We couldn't be happier. So, welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no sir, it wasn't. Good luck, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Chris. I almost forgot. Thank you. This part of my life, this little part, is called happiness. Something inside of us rejoices with him. We are moved because we long in some way for that to be our story. To overcome in our lives. And this is far beyond just landing a job. It's a resurrection story. It's that Easter theme calling out. Hopelessness to hope. 
a comeback story. When we thought it was over, when we thought all was lost, today is the day. Today is your first day. Inside of us all, we long to overcome. We long for things in our lives to change. But sometimes the situation seems hopeless. And there's probably many of you sitting there right now saying, you know what, that's great, John. That's really great. That's really inspirational. But you know what? You don't understand. (laughs) That's great. You just don't get it. (laughs) You don't understand my life. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand the things that I've been through in my past. You don't understand the pain and the hopelessness and the loneliness that I feel today. You just don't get it. You just don't understand. You don't, you don't know. You don't know where I've been. I don't. But he does. Jesus Christ does. And he says this morning, I will stand with you in your pain I will stand with you in your sorrow, in your anger. I will cry with you as I did with Chris, as I did at Lazarus' tomb. We have a God that became 100% man and experienced all the hurts and pains and losses and struggles that all of us have. And he was nailed to an old Roman cross. And he took all of that that's in your past with him. All your past, all your failures, all your pain and struggles from yesterday, today, and he gave his life for you. He died for you so that you could know without a doubt how much he really does understand. And as you read the stories in this book, and I encourage you to after today, as you read the stories in here, you'll you'll start to see very quickly that this God, that this Jesus has a habit of coming into the most unlikely circumstances in people's lives and bringing light to darkness and bringing life to places that are dead and that are hopeless. We love a good comeback story. We love comeback stories. Stories of triumph over unthinkable odds. Something inside of us says... Maybe he could do that for me. Where have you lost hope this morning? With Jesus, there's always hope. Of course, another sort of overcoming story, another kind of comeback story that we get excited about this time of year, maybe for some of you, happens on the basketball court. We have any March Madness fans out there? A few, okay. Basketball fans, kind of wimpy today. I don't know what's going on. We've got to be strong. We've got to stick together. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of mourning the end of the NCAA basketball tournament being over. Most of the tournaments are over except for the NBA. Any Iowa State women's basketball fans out there? Okay, there you go. All seven of you. Great. That was the one bright spot for Iowa basketball this spring. But now that the tournament is over, what I do every year around this time is I pull out my favorite movie of all time, and that's Hoosiers. Hoosiers tells the story of a tiny little town of Hickory in Indiana, where the high school with an enrollment of 60, 9 through 12, takes great pride in its little basketball team, made up of farm boys who know basketball, farming, and school, probably in that order. (coughs) And as they fight against setbacks, against constant failure, and rebelling against their new coach, played 
here by Gene Hackman. They discover the power of teamwork and of courage. And against all odds, they make it to the state basketball championship in Indianapolis. And they're up against a giant. A huge giant to overcome. South Bend Central, the number one team in the state. But they find themselves overmatched and losing in the final game. Yet with a minute left, they tie the score. It's 40 to 40. And they steal the ball. And they have a chance to win. And so with a minute left, and the score tied, and the game on the line, would the comeback be completed? Let's take a look. comeback story. I know it's kind of hard to see uh, with the light coming through the windows. He made it, just in case you... Man, I love that scene! I love that scene. Against all odds, with the weight of the world on his shoulders, Jimmy delivers the winning shot. We love a great comeback story because it stirs our hearts and it tells us that maybe that could be for us. What are you looking for today? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Because early one morning, as we read in the Gospel of John this morning, the greatest comeback story ever took place when the stone was rolled away and Jesus' body was unable to be found. Now, I love those inspirational movie clips. Those are some of my favorite movies of all time. And it's one thing to get excited about that. But let me tell you this morning that nothing, and I mean nothing, compares to what happened in the garden early one morning. Nothing compares to the scene on Easter. You want to talk about a comeback story? Take a look. Folks, that is the greatest comeback story of all time. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? We read in 1 Corinthians. On Easter morning, to death, Jesus says, Where is your power now? To Satan and his early victory party, Jesus says, Who's partying now? Let the real party begin. To your sin that seems unforgivable, to your pain that seems too deep, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Your circumstances today are not the end of the story. He has the final say, and he will not ever give up on you. I stand here this morning, remembering how a prideful, arrogant teenager stood in an old, dark chapel at a Bible camp, trying to make sense of this love despite everything that I have done. And after endless debates and arguments and so many reasons why I could think of why this love was just too good to be true. I heard the same voice that I think that Mary heard in the garden that this morning. And I heard, Jonathan, 
You are my son. And I have never, and I will never give up on you. What did you come looking for today? And could it be our risen Savior? To you this morning, Jesus says, with all the passion and love and grace and mercy and tenderness that's in his heart, this Easter is for you. And he doesn't want you to leave here today without knowing what his offer is to you. It's a love that you cannot earn. It's a life with him for eternity. And that's a long time. And that life can begin right here, right now, today. Folks, this is far beyond a religion. This is far beyond morality and just being a good person. This is far beyond a Sunday morning church service. It's about whether we want to stop talking about Easter and start living Easter. The offer of the risen Jesus today is not just some fairy tale. And I want you to hear me say this this morning. It's not just some naive fairy tale or false hope that we're trying to offer today. I want you to hear that. There are no Easter sprinkles or merry, you know, dust, Easter dust that I can sprinkle over you this morning and say, it's all going to be okay because it's Easter. We live in a broken world. There's nothing that any of us can do to make that any better except participate with Jesus in his resurrection. Easter does not change the brokenness of the world that we live in, but it gives us a hope to cling on to in the midst of that brokenness. It's for real people. Easter is for real people like you and I who don't have it all together today. Because of the resurrection, today, today, you are not defined any longer by your past or you're not attached to your failures. Today, you can stop striving to be good enough to earn his love. Today, you can let go of the bitterness that's in your heart. Today, your life has meaning and purpose because Jesus thought that it was worth dying for. Jesus says, I don't want to just be a nice little inspiration for you today. I don't want to just be a nice little pick-me-up or a boost today on Easter for you. I don't want to just be a nice little fun story for you today. In fact, I don't want to just be even a theological idea. Jesus says, I want to be your everything. Do you know him? Do you know him? The one that has this love for you this morning. And so my question for you as we end today, what are you going to do with this story? What are you going to do with this love? We will miss the entire point of this day if we leave it here. There is resurrection in the air and I pray that as you leave today that you take it with you. I pray that you would know that the same Jesus that called out to Mary in the garden that day calls out to you. We invite you to come along for the ride. You are always welcome here at City Branch. Lives are changing around here because of Jesus. Don't miss it. Don't miss out. Come along for the journey. Come back and see us again. Come along for the ride. There is so much more for you, folks. Today, Easter is only the beginning of the adventure. 
The fun has just begun. There is so much more for you today. Don't leave it here. He has so much more. So much more for you this morning. And so we invite you to come with us on this journey as we follow this resurrected Jesus. What happens next? What do we do now? Come and see. Come and see. Then Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. I pray that today you have seen him because he's alive.